0: Welcome to The Automators. I'm David Sparks, and I'm joined by my co-host, Rosemary Orchard. How are you, Rosemary?
1: Oh, I'm excited, David. Uh, WWDC happened. There was an impulse purchase on my end. Um, Yeah, things are exciting uh, in a very good way.
0: Yeah, I mean, once a year, Apple unwraps the Christmas presents for us. And as automators, we're always on the lookout for new stuff, and this year they delivered again. Uh, We're going to spend a lot of this episode going through it, but I just at the top of the show, I just want to say, I feel like the automators team and the shortcuts team in particular are the boss over there. They're just doing so good right now.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I am really impressed. Uh, Multiple videos, shortcuts appearing in videos that are technically not about shortcuts. Uh, It's great. I am. I'm so impressed. You know, they're, they're really, you know, doing such a great job, like not only are they delivering, you know, a great. App and service, but you know they're they're clearly you know influencing other people there, which is just wonderful
0: and they've become Mac developers this year,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, which we hoped about we hoped, but we didn't expect we hope and yes, we got it,
0: so uh we're gonna get into all of that, but I'm not gonna slip I'm not gonna let slip by that you just talked about an impulse purchase, and um <laughs> uh what happened, Rose,
1: okay. Well, um, so this is linked to the fact that shortcuts will be coming to macOS Monterey. Yeah. So, of course, uh, I have a book, Take Control of Shortcuts. You have Shortcuts Field Guide. Um, So this means for both of us that there is work required. And to some extent, this work is required before this is publicly available or, you know, before it's a standard release for people. Yeah. Um, Now, I have a lovely M1 iMac. This is what I'm using right now. I'm recording on it. It works great. But as you and I both know, and I'm sure many of our listeners are aware, if you install a beta operating system, you can expect a certain number of things not to work. Um, And considering the fact that I have three podcasts, I have screencasts, I have writing and so on, I thought ah but monterey crashed is probably not gonna you know fly as an excuse for more than a day yeah um or two i'm gonna have a queue of people lining up to kill me um if i just upgrade that so i upgraded my intel macbook air now my intel macbook air has had an exciting couple of years uh since i got it um it it (laughs) likes its fans (laughs) um And, um, it's, it's been, it's been around the world, um, almost literally mileage wise. Um, and it's, it's, uh, it's a great machine. There is nothing wrong with it, but oh my gosh, the thing is loud. And I nuked it and paved it for Monterey. It didn't help um and it was honestly just giving me a bit of a headache and then i found some of the monterey features are only available on an m1 mac yeah um and of course um a lot of the apps which are going to be having shortcut support will also be just going okay actually we're going to release our ios app on mac os yeah um but for that you need an m1
0: so the intel won't work for those apps yeah
1: The Intel does not work for those Macs at all. Um, And so I looked at it and I went, huh. And I looked on the refurb store and next day delivery on a refurbished uh, MacBook Pro um, was available. So uh, that arrived last Thursday.
0: <laughs> nice. Did Did you sell your Intel machine back to Apple?
1: I have not yet sold my Intel machine. It's on my to do list, or actually, technically, it's in my OmniFocus. I wanted to make sure that um, I've you know completely and utterly wiped that machine um, before before I send that off. Um, but yeah, um, I will be getting rid of that because there's no point having two laptops. Um, at least for me, um, I'm I'm fine with you know, now I'm I'm sitting here surrounded by M1s. Technically, my 12 Pro Max does not have an M1 chip inside it, but I've got a 12.9-inch iPad Pro here, a 13-inch MacBook Pro, and an M1 Mac, all within, you know, hands reach. And uh, wow, I'm loving the M1 life. It's so quiet, David.
0: Yeah, you told me like a month ago that your plan was to just use the, the iMac as your Mac and then use... Yeah your your uh, iPad uh, with through like remote desktop to go in and and run Mac stuff off your iPad like it was a laptop.
1: Yeah, and honestly my plan for many things is absolutely still that. Um I was hoping a little bit more for more developer um targeted announcements at WWDC. Um so you know, being able to run a standard terminal on my uh, iPad would be great, but there are apps for that, like Secure Shellfish, Prompt from Panic, things like that, um, all of which work great. So, you know, that's that's perfect. Um, but in this particular case, you know, I need to write a book on shortcuts, including shortcuts for Mac. And as people are going to find out, that's not just a case of And it runs on the Mac. There's a lot more to it than it just runs on the Mac. So I need to be able to take all the screenshots and everything. I considered doing um, a virtual machine or installing it on an external keyboard, all kinds of things. And I thought, no, the the best solution really is just have a machine. And this machine is the machine for this. Um, And who knows? I may actually sell it, um, uh, you know, in a couple of months. Um, That would be fine. But uh, I may not. Um, I'll see.
0: My advice is to 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 wipe your Intel Mac. Get what you can from it from Apple, or if you want to like deal with the third party sellers, so they usually get you a little bit more money, but it comes a little more headache. But yeah,
1: so Apple is not going to give me a lot of money for the MacBook Air, even though it's. Definitely, but if you buy it from Apple, they're selling it for at least three times the price yeah. that they would give me for it. So I am going to go ahead and put that one e- on eBay. I need to double check that I can't convince my mom to upgrade from her first generation 12 inch MacBook, uh, just MacBook, but you know, uh, we'll see.
0: Yeah, but I, I would try and monetize that one and just keep the M1 because that's really the way. And you get so spoiled with these laptops where the battery just runs all day. And I, I can't imagine you getting rid of it um i have been thinking too about i know the show isn't about hardware but but you know here i am yeah i've been thinking a lot about it because you know we had these rumored laptops coming out the mac with pros and i still think they're going to come out soon and they're going to be like screamers you know compared to the m1s and you know, like what is what is my next move (laughs) you know because i'm a nerd and i always am thinking about that so, I was thinking I'd get a, uh, you know, just a, a loaded MacBook Pro and make that my only Mac. I've got this cool monitor I can plug it into, but it's just, that just never works for me. I tried the, using this M1 laptop that way for a couple of weeks and it just, I, I just like the ability to sit down on my computer and start working and plugging and unplugging always seems to have headaches compared that I didn't, that I don't want to deal with. So, so currently I have an M1 laptop and an M1 Mac mini. Mm -hmm. and the more i think about i think my strategy will be whenever you know the stuff shakes loose is to get the loaded mac mini whatever the next you know the like the pro i'm holding up air quotes mac mini is Mm -hmm. just kind of improve the mac mini a bit and have that the one attached to my monster monitor and just keep the m1 laptop and just you know because for on the road and and moving around this is all the computer i need
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. I have to confess the one thing I had kind of forgotten about is uh, there are some events that I like to attend, which have hackathon days uh, as the second day. Um, And it's okay to remote into your machine for like half an hour, an hour or two's worth of use. But if you're taking part in a hackathon, being able to run your code directly on your machine, regardless of the network is definitely uh, something that I need to keep in mind. Um, So uh, I I suspect that this, uh, this M1 MacBook Pro is here to stay. I love it. Um, you know, I've not had a 13 inch MacBook Pro before, actually. Um, I've had a 15 inch. Uh, actually, no, that's a lie. My first MacBook after the MacBook Air was a 13 inch Pro, but that had the CD slot in the side. I've not had the the modern form factor with USB-C. Uh, and I like it. it. It's great. It seems to be doing everything I need it to do so far. Though I will say I'm still using my M1 iMac for most things. I'm sitting here talking into it right now uh because you know it's it's already set up for that but i've got the m1 macbook pro right here under my microphone because we've got plenty to talk about on the mac today david and yeah. i am so excited that apple is paying attention to automation on the mac and everywhere clearly because it's everywhere this year
0: but in particular on the mac and, and so we talked earlier that apple's bringing shortcuts to the mac there's a, a really good interview at Mac Power Users. We'll put a link in the show note where we um we actually had an Apple representative come on the show and talk about it. The concern I had with shortcuts coming to the Mac was, you know, we have a rich ecosystem of automation already on the Mac between Apple Script, Shell Script, and all the cool things you can do with apps like Hazel and Automator and even Text Expander. So number one is I wanted them to focus more on automation on mobile devices. Cause there is no rich ecosystem there. It's just shortcuts. And number two, I was worried about, um, if Apple shows up with shortcuts on the Mac, what, you know, are they going to start lobbing hand grenades at their competition, you know? Hmm. And like, are they going to disable Apple script or are they going to make it so apps like keyboard maestro can't work on a Mac and, That's not the case. I mean, I I think my worries were ill-founded in hindsight because Mm. um, just on the, you know, zooming out on the 50,000-foot level, uh, we've got shortcuts on the Mac, which brings over a bunch of cool actions from shortcuts on iOS that we didn't have on the Mac, stuff that only Apple could, could really address through automation. Um, we still have shell scripting and Apple script in place. They have not removed it. Not only have they not removed it, they've added support for it in the new shortcuts, which means Apple is kind of on board with that stuff. And consequently, Keyboard Maestro, Hazel, um, shell scripting, Apple scripting, all that stuff is here you know, for the long haul. And people can yes. go down that deep if they want, or they can just stay at the shortcuts level and make nice little shortcuts and not worry about it.
1: Yeah, and I think this is what's really great. You know, they're not killing anything off, uh, at least not yet. I, I say that because some of the way that they if they phrase certain things uh, makes me feel like uh, some applications may may be eliminated in the future. But certainly this year, nothing is going away.
0: What, what, what are you worried about? What, can you give me an example? Well,
1: I, I'm not worried about it. But the fact that you can import automator actions and convert automator actions to shortcuts um, and, you know, they, they've made a thing about you can convert them to shortcuts yeah. um, makes me feel like maybe maybe the hint here is don't create things in Automator anymore. Create it in shortcuts uh, because Automator.
0: I agree with you. I think Automator is not long for this world. And that makes yeah. me feel a little sad because our friend Sal was so instrumental in making automator. Yeah. But if he were here, I think he'd also say, I don't care. So long as automation is on the Mac, I don't care what the what the platform is. And and mm-hmm. really automator is not shell scripting and Apple scripting. Automator is just like shortcuts. It's a layer on top of that to make it easy to use. And yeah. so so we aren't actually losing automation tools so much as we're losing kind of the the easy shell on top of it and um although i will say you know that one of the the arguments they've made is that hey we're bringing all the most important automator actions over is they're not bringing all of them over and like i like i've already had I've had a couple of break i've got this really clever one i used to um watermark pdfs all the time cuz i i'm a lawyer i send out draft pdfs every day so um, that action still only works in Automator because they did not bring the watermark action over. I submitted yep. a ticket on it, and I could actually, I think, write it in shortcuts with a um, with a layering of an image with an yeah, opacity. Yeah, image overlay. But it, yeah. it's
1: not the same as watermarking. Yeah. Um, you you have to monkey around with things. You have to go through each page of the PDF. Um, you might even have to convert them to images before you can do that. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. um and if you do that then obviously there's there's no built in text anymore and you have to oCR things afterwards that feels like it's i I feel like maybe missing missing a watermark was an oversight or at the very least you know they're they're not intending on mm. uh you know you converting everything to images first
0: or either just like that you know the Kanban board in inside the shortcuts team has a card that says watermark and it hasn't been converted yet you know it's like it just yeah. they haven't got to it yet yeah, um, but the, so so I do think that you know we may lose a little bit that way if they don't uh, take it all over. But I I I actually really feel like they're in real good faith trying to bring over everything, and and I know you know from you know we've met all these people when we had the automator set yeah. up at WWc the shortcuts team in large part was there. In fact, some of the people giving these sessions I've met. At yeah, our, at our I think I, I've up. definitely yeah.
1: met both of them um, <laughs> yeah. from from the shortcuts is coming to Mac OS uh, session, Ayaka and Ian. And yeah. I mean, they're lovely people in person. And I'm I'm really glad to see, you know, that they are, you know, uh, at WWDC presenting, uh, you know, it's online this year, but hopefully next year they will be in person as well. Um, because I would love to meet the entire team again and congratulate them. Um, because clearly this is a huge step.
0: Yeah. And, but I do know also like just, looking at the original core workflow team, they were heavily inspired by Automator. I mean, they saw mm-hmm. that and they're like, why don't we have something like that on on the iPhone? So they built it and now, you know, kind of it's come full circle. But the these people who started with affection for Automator are not going to torpedo Automator. They're going to give us, I think, everything that they possibly can and make it better. I mean, um, I feel like uh, Sal didn't get enough support from Apple on Automator. I feel like if he had been kind of unleashed on this thing, we would have had a lot of these tools years ago, but you know, it didn't happen for whatever reason. And now it's happening. And and there are so many pieces of shortcuts that are easier to automate than with shell and Apple scripting, like, uh, you know, inherent pieces. Like I'm always struggling when I try to do shortcuts around contacts because there's just really not a good way to do that with Apple script and shell script. And I know people are going to start writing me their scripts and tell me how great they are at it. But just like, you know, kind of the layer automation that you get with keyboard maestro that those apps don't really work that well with contacts, but contacts Mm. on iPhone and iPad with shortcuts is like trivially easy. And I expect we'll be getting the same kind of, you know, ease of use over on the mac too i mean uh, the other one that we talk about all the time here is timery and you and i have struggled to come up with these goofy automations for mm-hmm. timery and like that's going to be an app on the mac like now it is an app on the mac you know yeah. that he's going to put all those hooks in and you're going to write very easy automation for your time tracking using shortcuts
1: Yes, yes, we are. Um, and you know, I I tweeted out to to ask um, some developers, um, some some people I managed to ping specifically. A tweet is never long enough, and my memory always sucks when it comes to list all the developers who've got either great shortcut support or make shortcuts app off, apps off the top of your head and remember their Twitter handles. Um, so <laughs> um, that 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 was a, a challenge. But I, I tweeted some people, and a lot of people tweet it back saying, "Yep, I've already got you know a draft build of this, but you know." theoretically running um on the current macOS beta which considering the fact that this is like two days after wwdc i was stunned and um you know and other people say that i'm working on it. I plan to do it and things like that so i'm very excited because of course this means that you know we're we're gonna have some of these apps that we already use and enjoy on um you know, on all of our platforms, and it looks to me, based on what I've been seeing in the sessions, that Apple have done a few things to make this easier. In that, hopefully, you can use the same intents on both in both different applications, even if you have a completely separate application. Um yeah. So, you know, you pay you pay for it once on the iPhone and you pay for it once on the Mac. Theoretically, you can still have those same actions, which means that the shortcut that you run then, you know, is the same shortcut whichever platform, which is great because I know um, I wasn't able to verify if it's still like this, I suspect not. Uh, things used to have different actions for things for iPad and things for iPhone. And I have a feeling um, if they currently do, then they they won't need to do that anymore. Um, and I have a feeling they may have already fixed that anyway. Um, so, you know, this, this is great because it means even separate applications can have the same shortcuts actions. So you won't need to check, hopefully, if it's Mac, do this action. If it's not Mac, do this other action. Yeah. Um. And if it's Apple Watch, then crash and die because this you know this work memory. on Apple Watch or whatever <laughs> yeah. I, i'm being hyperbolic it, it you know there, there are some things that don't necessarily work on the apple watch the same as they don't work on the home pod um just because you know it, it needs to go in and do this or do that or whatever um but you know most things work everywhere um and a couple of my shortcuts that i've got here uh it turns out a lot of my shortcuts david rely on 30 part, third-party a- actions who knew? Um, and so I, I dug around, and all of the ones that I found, which are just using macOS or Shortcuts core actions, work. So I can toggle my Wi-Fi on and off through an action in the menu bar, because Shortcuts is in my menu bar.
0: I do think that, um, historically, um, setting up automation for a Mac developer was a challenge, because there's two things going on. First, it's a lot of work to add Apple Script support to your app. I mean... Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a lot of work to add any kind of support to your app. But you know, AppleScript is a is a language that a lot of of programmers don't like because it's user. You know, it's, it's supposed to be more human friendly. I, I actually like AppleScript. I I'm comfortable with it, but I understand why some people don't. But so you got that barrier. But you also have the barrier knowing that very few users understand or have any desire to use apple script so it's like Mm -hmm. am i going to add a new feature to my app that everybody can take advantage of or am i going to spend that same time building an apple script support for a very small subset of my users and uh, i think too often the answer is well i'm going to add the new feature but now with shortcuts you're going to have a massively bigger user user base that wants these shortcuts so uh, the, and, and frankly, Apple, I think is, is putting in the time in the developer kit to make these intents and these methods of, of using shortcuts much easier than, uh, historical Apple script methods. Yeah. So it's going to be a lower barrier and more users are going to want it. And, and also there's that thing, you you know, whenever Apple adds a new feature and this is a thing developers know, maybe listeners of the show don't know, but Apple adds some new feature feature X and you know, let's say fifty developers really jump on that and the on at launch they've got their apps already with feature X built into it. Well go to the App Store and try to not see those apps because it's almost mm-hmm. impossible. Apple is sticking those apps in front of your face. You know, yeah. so there's a marketing boost to them as well for for adding support for this. So I think there's a lot of good reasons for a lot of good app developers to add shortcuts to their apps. And I think we'll see that um, you'll be surprised how many apps have really robust support for shortcuts in September.
1: Yeah. And I'm I'm hoping that, you know, we're going to see a lot of apps do this. I know some app developers are not going to have this ready day one uh, because they've got all of these other things that they also need to build in, you know, SharePlay, things like that, you know, depending on the app, you know, certain features are probably more important than others to have on day one. And there's a limited number of developer hours between now and whenever Apple actually releases this, because of course you don't know until the iPhone keynote. Um, and then, you know, it might be tomorrow. It could be Friday. It could be next week. Um, you know, it could be today. They've done that before. I have seen developers uh, having minor meltdowns on Twitter and I do not blame them because um, they thought they were going to be ready and they had a few more days and nope, it's today. Um, but, you know, we're going to see what happens and I'm I'm pretty excited. It looks like Apple have, have got you know, quite a few things right here, which will make it even easier.
0: This episode of the Automators podcast is brought to you by the Intrazone by Microsoft SharePoint, your biweekly conversation and interview podcast about SharePoint, OneDrive and related tech within Microsoft 365. You're listening to the Automators. You like technology. Why not continue to learn about technology with other technology related podcasts like the Intrazone from Microsoft? If you're looking for a new show to listen to, The InfoZone is a biweekly podcast with conversations and interviews on how Microsoft SharePoint, OneDrive, and related tech can work for you. You'll hear from guest experts behind the scenes and out in the field, so you can see how SharePoint fits into your everyday work life to easily share and manage content, knowledge, and applications. Each show covers a bunch of segments like news and announcements, a focused topic of the week, guest perspectives, FAQs of the week, and upcoming events. And the topic for each shows are really interesting. Previous episodes cover automation, which Rose and I love here at the Automators. Also, you can learn about migration to the cloud and crisis management and working remotely. In the last episode, they focused on Visio for everyone. Learn how to take your diagramming skills to the next level in this episode, featuring some of the team from Visio at Microsoft. Learn how to leverage your Microsoft 365 account to get better at diagramming, which is something I think everybody could benefit from. They've got use cases for beginners to experts, web to desktop, and more. It's a really good listen, all in under an hour. So go and listen to it now. Just search for The IntraZone wherever you get your podcasts. That's I-N-T-R-A-Z-O-N-E, or just click the link in the show notes. Go check it out. Our thanks to the Intrazone by Microsoft SharePoint for their support of the Automators and all of Relay FM.
1: So you know we've kind of been dancing around this a little bit, David, but I think it's time to talk about what new stuff there is in Shortcuts because, obviously, you know with Shortcuts being on the Mac, they they've added things kind of specifically for the Mac, but it's not just specific for the Mac. I mean, hiding apps is clearly targeted. At macOS, um, and perhaps getting on-screen content as well. But and clearly, AppleScript and shell script um, execution is also you know macOS stuff. But some of this stuff, like split-screen apps, doesn't just work on Mac; it also works on iPad. Um, and I'm pretty you know excited about this because there's a lot that you can do with just a couple of things here. Um, and you you don't need to, you know, spend hours digging around and figuring out how do I figure out if these two applications are open? You just say split screen. And even if they're not open right now, macOS opens them and boom, split screen.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting on a couple levels because window management was not something that shortcuts ever had to deal with before. And uh they have addressed it here and it's not just split screen you can also place a window on the screen through shortcuts action like you can say uh, uh, as far as i could find the available options are left half of the screen right half of the screen um, top left quadrant top right quadrant top um, or bottom left quadrant bottom right quadrant so you've got basically six different ways you can set a window um, mm-hmm. with a shortcut, which is enough for most people. It's not going to give you like moon level accuracy and allow you to put it on an eight by six grid or anything. But for most of people, I think this is going to be just fine.
1: Yeah, and I think that's the trick, isn't it? You know, you know, shortcuts is shortcuts. It's not Keyboard Maestro. It is not Hazel. It's it's none of the macOS applications um, that we are used to using right now. For automation purposes but it's definitely a step above automator while still retaining most of that ease of use um which is great i actually had a conversation with somebody at my my job today about shortcuts um and he was saying that he made a shortcut at the weekend and it took him about five minutes and now uh he has a a phrase that he can say at his iphone um and if it you know, if he says it, then it sends GPS coordinates, uh, what three words and stuff to a couple of different people, yeah. um, so that they can find him. Uh, what three words for people who aren't familiar is a, 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 a grid square with three words I don't, uh, assigned per grid square so that people can find a very small location and find out exactly where you are instead of just I'm in, I don't know, California, yeah. uh, which kind of you know, saying town names can be at times. Um, and I was really impressed. You know, this is somebody who. OK, he's a programmer, but at the same time, you know, this is somebody who hadn't played with shortcuts before the weekend and he created a shortcut. So I'm 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 pleased that it is accessible for people.
0: Yeah. And there's a couple of points I want to follow up on there. The first is that, you know, window and file management were necessary on the Mac because that's what the Mac is good at. And yeah. but we're seeing that a bunch of these actions have dribbled back to the iPhone, and the iPad and these betas so mm-hmm. we got better file management automation you know which is you know i said earlier i was hesitant to get shortcuts on the Mac because i thought they needed to focus on the ipad and iphone but what happened was by going to the mac it gave them additional tools to bring back to the ipad and the iphone i mean i was just wrong on that on that um anti you know shortcuts on the mac in every possible way but but that's great because now we're going to talk and maybe this show or a future show about all the new file management stuff you can do with shortcuts on your iPhone and iPad, which wouldn't have happened if they hadn't gone to the Mac.
1: Yeah, it, it is great. So specifically uh, for people who uh, have, uh, you know, are who are curious about the file stuff, specifically, you can now... Um, Label files. You can move files, rename files. Um, obviously, reveal files in Finder. But you can also, um, you know, get the parent folder and get the contents of a specific folder. Uh, previously, if you got the contents of a file path and it was a folder, so say for example, uh, in inside of Dropbox, you had a folder called Automators. Um, then, if you just put Automators in in the path, then you could get everything inside the Automators folder, which is great except, uh, you know, you you have to know that. It was a specific thing that you have to know, um, and then it was get file from file path or whatever, and it, it just wasn't particularly logical. Now there's a specific action to get the contents of a folder, which is great. And similarly, renaming files, this was quite tricky before. Most people, the way that they did it was they got the file, they saved the file, and then they deleted the original file. Yeah, which, that was crazy. it works. <laughs> but yeah. y- you shouldn't need to do that yeah. like that that that's where things go wrong because then it didn't get saved and now you've deleted the file and that worked it- saving it didn't and things like that. And, you know, it's not good. So I'm really glad now that, you know, we have official actions for moving files because, again, people, the way they did that was they got the file, they saved it to the new location, and then they deleted it. It's exactly the same. And now there's actions for that.
0: Yeah, but saving it wasn't always where you wanted to save it because you could save it anywhere in Dropbox, but on Apple's own iCloud service, you had to save it to a shortcut subfolder. So... Like, I had this crazy system where I had these subfolders in the shortcuts subfolder in iCloud, Mm -hmm. and then I had Hazel on my Mac constantly watching them. Like, anything saved to shortcuts slash Obsidian, copy to my Obsidian database, anything. And, you know, and I had all these weird rules that I had to, like, move files after I had created them via shortcuts because shortcuts wouldn't let me just put it where I wanted to to begin with. And that problem is now solved. So um, yeah, all this stuff, I really think probably stems from them having to get shortcuts on the Mac. And that's uh, that's good, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So just to be very clear, because I'm sure some people will be going, wait, 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 what does this mean? So you can save files from shortcuts anywhere in iCloud Drive and anywhere in Dropbox. Dropbox was possible before, but now you've got, Anywhere in iCloud Drive. Similarly, you can get files from anywhere in iCloud Drive, which means if, for example, you've been looking at Obsidian, going, "Yeah, I, I would really like Obsidian," uh, but you know, I'm I'm using the iCloud sync, and that means it's not really automation friendly. Well, with shortcuts, it now is. Yeah. So you have a whole bunch more options. Which I'm sure people are, you know, not sure exactly what that means yet in some cases. In other cases people are there running around like headless chickens going, Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god Um, that was me last last Monday, David. Um, yeah. when, when they started announcing all this stuff and things were trickling out as I was trying on my really bad internet, which finally got fixed two days later, um, to, to download the betas. But yeah, there there's all sorts of great things that have come. You know, previously there was an exit shortcut action. It's now called stop shortcut, which is a bit more friendly. But there's also stop and output. So if you previously had an exit shortcut action, it gets upgraded to a stop and output. But there's also just a straight up stop shortcut action. Which just stops. That's it. It doesn't have a specific output or anything. It's just end. Um, which is, you know, which is great. Um, and there's there's all sorts of things, you know, focus modes.
0: Okay, let's put a pin in focus modes. I want to come back to that. Because there's, yeah. there's a lot to talk about.
1: Yeah, but there's also start screensaver and things like that. So, you know, if I run this shortcut, then it starts my screensaver, which you know, is exactly what you want, but iPhone and iPad don't have a screensaver. You know, you could lock them. I'm actually curious as to what that action does on my iPad. I've not tried starting a screensaver on my iPad yet, David. Have you? Does it even um, exist?
0: I'm not sure that action so, came over.
1: So this is this is what's really interesting. Vibrate device is available. The action is available on all devices now. Um so, OK, so now if I if I look at a, a shortcut with start screensaver in and I try and run it, it says it can only run on the Mac. Yeah. And if you try and vibrate an iPad or a Mac, it's going to tell you, <laughs> no, I don't vibrate. Yeah. Um, So you are going to need in some cases to use if actions to work around this for things that only work on Mac OS or only work on iPhone and iPad or only work on iPhone and Apple watch. Um, and so you'll need to use get device details. And I would suggest something like device model. Uh, there's also device is watch, which is, you know, your device is an Apple watch. Uh, and if I get the device model on this MacBook pro, then it tells me it's a Mac yeah. M a C with a capital M. Um, so if it's um, a Mac,
0: don't vibrate, you know,
1: yeah, exactly. So I mean in this case you'll probably wanna say if it's an iPhone vibrate, I don't know if you're gonna be running your shortcut on the Apple Watch. And if you will want the haptic feedback, in which case you can vibrate on the Apple Watch. Um that 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 might be a little tricky to do. You probably gonna have to do a, a nested if else if, um, and then uh and then just otherwise don't vibrate. Um, you know, go on to the next action because you know. Macs don't have
0: vibration. And I don't want to do it today, but someday I want to talk about how we're using shortcuts on our watches because I'm, I'm very curious how you're using yours.
1: Yeah, it's something I need to definitely get into more because I feel like I don't use shortcuts on my watch anywhere near as much as I should.
0: Yeah. And, and there's just a ton of actions that are specific to devices. Like on the Mac, if you try to run the timing device, like set an alarm, set a timer, it just gives you a message this isn't available on your Mac. Which yeah, it yeah. kind of should be, honestly. I mean, the Mac is fully capable of running a timer, you know. But yeah, the, uh, yeah, it is. But you know, we're in beta one, too. so who knows where this is going to end up. Um, yeah. But there's some actions that I'm just so happy to see on the Mac. Like I talked about earlier, how having one device, like one Mac, one uh, MacBook, one of the big problems is you've got to properly eject drives before you unplug it from your monitor. There's a shortcut called eject drive, right? Yep. So all these apps that are out there to help you eject drives, maybe they just got Sherlock by smart people who want to use shortcuts. So like you could run a shortcut that says, you know, you know, remove Mac, and you could eject drives and close windows and do a whole bunch of stuff. Run that shortcut, then unplug your your MacBook and take it with you.
1: Yeah, it, it, this this is great because I mean, the other thing is is of course we have folders as well. So if you if you want to stick all your Mac shortcuts in a Mac folder, then you can go ahead and do that. Um, but you can also choose to stick your Mac shortcuts in say a menu bar, um, or something like that, because, uh, I mean, shortcuts is literally everywhere. It feels like David. Yeah. Um, it's kind of crazy. It's, uh, let me see. I have a screenshot here from the keynote, um, not from the keynote, sorry, but from, um, from the, the presentation that you did on shortcuts coming to the Mac and I've annotated it. Um, and There it is. Uh, So you can run shortcuts. This is specific to the Mac. Siri, app, menu bar, keyboard shortcuts, spotlight, your dock, finder, and I believe the touch bar as well. Um, I've not got around to putting any shortcuts in my touch bar yet. I don't know what ones I would run in my touch bar. Um, But this is, yeah, this is pretty crazy. You know, all of these actions are available to us. And not only are all of these actions available to us, the vast majority of them work regardless of your device. and um you know it's it's great um that everything is just there and can be run anywhere
0: yeah and we talked about how it supports traditional automation um there's a trifecta of commands run shell script run apple script and run javascript for mac automation which are the three traditional ways we created advanced automation on the mac all mm-hmm. of that can be run From right inside your shortcut so while shortcuts as we've said is kind of the basic language of automation if you've got an advanced apple script and you just decide to embed it in a shortcut step your shortcut just got very powerful
1: yeah it it did Um, and speaking of shortcuts getting more powerful we've still got actions like uh, running shell scripts you can run on your device, but you can still run a script over SSH. That of course works everywhere, um, and you can also and um, and when you want to try any of these scripting actions. Uh, the first time you do it, you'll you'll be prompted if you want to allow scripting actions, and this is in the preferences of shortcuts. Then, if you say yes, where you need to tick a box that enables or allow running scripts, uh, which says when enabled, the the actions run AppleScript, run shell script, run JavaScript for Mac automation, run JavaScript on web page, and. And I I can't read the rest of it because it it's running out of the box, um, and that's a bug that I need to file through uh through the feedback uh, app. Um, but basically, it's a checkbox that you need to turn on, and there's a couple of other checkboxes here as well. Um, so you can allow sharing large amounts of data, allow deleting without confirmation, and allow deleting large amounts of data. Um, which means that you know you can then um you know have uh shortcuts, just delete things without you having to confirm. If you're going to do that, please test your shortcut. Uh, I feel like I shouldn't need to say that, but please test your shortcuts before you, you delete things without confirmation. Uh, like make sure that you're definitely getting the right actions there. Uh, or getting the right files, reminders, calendar events, whatever it is. Make sure you're getting the right things before you, uh, you uh, go ahead and delete everything. Uh, and uh, if you have that confirmation turned off.
0: And remember when workflow first got purchased by Apple and everybody was worried that would be the end of it? That, you know, they'd break <laughs> up the band and that would be it. I mean, who would imagine? Now we're getting uh, shortcut actions like connect to server you know, delete without confirmation. None of this would have been possible if Workflow had not been purchased by Apple. You know, this yes. never would have happened. Although I do wish they would get rid of those automation confirmation dialog boxes. That was kind of on my my wish list for this year and that didn't really happen. So we're still getting um, bubble pop-ups when we rent some of our more complex automation yeah.
1: and and these pop-ups have kind of got a little bit more aggressive i've noticed at least the first couple of times they happen um where i have um one uh, particular automation that i run in the morning and it creates a bunch of widgets using widget pack and the way it does this is it runs a whole bunch of shortcuts in a folder um and so for every shortcut it ran the first couple of times i was just clicking an allow button because i was half asleep because this triggers when my alarm goes off um and um and, and when i stop it um and then i i start. you know i actually had my glasses on one morning and i was vaguely awake because i'd already woken up shortly before my alarm went off and i was looking at it and it turns out there's an always allow button uh so if i just Got the If I just hit the always allow button, then that would have been much easier. Uh, but basically, you know, the first couple of times that you run things on the new uh, iOS, um, assuming nothing changes, um, iPadOS as well, of course, um, and maybe macOS, you, you might have to hit a couple of allow dialogues per shortcut, depending on what it's doing and how it's doing things. Just because, you know, they've they've added in a bit of extra security, but I'm hoping that this means that by adding some extra stuff in this year, they're going to be able to relax some other things next year. Um, But we did, we did see some automation improvements, David.
0: This episode of the Automators podcast is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash automators for high speed, secure and anonymous VPN services. Not only that, when you sign up at that link, you get an extra three months for free. There's a lot of VPN services out there, but you need to find a VPN service you can trust. And that's why I use ExpressVPN. I would not accept a VPN sponsor that I didn't trust. And ExpressVPN is really good. Specifically, ExpressVPN doesn't log your activity online. A lot of cheap or free VPNs make money by selling your data to advertisers. But ExpressVPN doesn't do this. They even developed a technology called Trusted Server that makes their VPN servers incapable of storing any data. Instead of using hard drives, they use RAM, so all data is wiped whenever the servers are powered down. And ExpressVPN is fast because it uses LightWay, a new VPN protocol they engineered to make user speeds faster than ever. If you've tried other VPNs, you'll know they can sometimes slow your connection, but ExpressVPN is always blazing fast and lets you stream video in HD quality with zero buffering. And it's super easy to use. There's no technical skills needed, Just fire the app and tap one button to connect. Kids, grandparents, tech savvy or not, could use it. And CNET, The Verge, and many other tech journals rate ExpressVPN their number one VPN in the world. It's their commitment to privacy, speed, and usability that brought me in as a customer to ExpressVPN. I renewed just a little while ago, and I've been renewing for years. I love ExpressVPN, and I use it all the time. Even during COVID, when I was staying home, I still didn't want my cable provider to have all my data. I just felt like it was weird. So I've been using ExpressVPN frequently. So protect yourself with the VPN that I use and trust. Go to expressvpn.com slash automators today and get an extra three months free with a one-month package. That's expressvpn.com slash automators. Visit expressvpn.com slash automators to learn more. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of the automators and all of RelayFM. All right, before the ad break, you were teasing us about some things that they added. What are you talking about, Rose?
1: I'm talking about focus mode, David. You you put a pin in it earlier. I'm pulling that pin out. We're, we're diving into focus mode because focus mode is A, going to be a huge productivity booster for so many people, and B, oh my gosh, so many automations. I I can't keep the excitement out of my voice because you can have automations run when you turn focus mode on and you can have automations turn focus mode on. You can, uh, it's built into settings a bunch of these automations with focus modes. So for example, um, you can have, um, you know, home screens change and so on. And no, this is a, a shortcuts thing. This is custom pages of your home screen. And this works on iPhone and iPad, to be clear, uh, for people. Um, tie that into changing your 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 watch um watch face and wow, you're, you're going to have a great time. Um, but you can also, um, you know, inside of the settings for the focus mode, you can have, um, the focus mode turn on automatically from, uh, times, locations, apps, etc. Um, I believe locations will need a confirmation the same as, uh, everything else does, but I'm not a hundred percent certain. Um, but there's also smart, um, activation as well. Um, which is pretty cool, um, and uh, so I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what people do with this because there's so much that you can do with a focus mode that you couldn't do anywhere else, and it syncs between your devices. So if I turn on focus mode on my Apple on my on my iPhone. It syncs. It's then on my Mac. It's on my iPad. It's on all of my devices. I put my iPhone into Do Not Disturb the other day, and everything was quiet for my podcast recording, except for my M1 Mac. And this is great. Usually, you know, there's an iPad somewhere that I've forgotten to put on silence. No, it's just, it it does it for everything. And this is great.
0: It is, um, talk about a... I don't think Apple could have made a new feature that pushes all my buttons better than focus mode. I mean, it's got tons of automation, which we're going to go into today. It is definitely a Mac power user thing. And I have a podcast called focus. So, I mean, I'm not sure (laughs) what they could have done better, but, but yeah, so focus is this idea that where you can, You know, I've talked a lot on this show and on Mac Power Users about what I call contextual computing, which is like my little hobby horse of the last year. Uh, The idea that when you sit at your computer, that the computer should arrange itself for you to do your hard work, you know, and this is part you know, productivity, but it's also really part automation. You know, you want the ability that your computer anticipates what you're going to do and sets you up for success to do that and doesn't give you all the distractions that computers can give you. And that's what this is. You, you pick a mode, like uh, for an example, podcasting is one of my modes. And when I turn podcasting on as a mode, um, it does a bunch of different things. Um, first of all, it it limits the people that can contact me. And the way focus mode works is it builds this wall. I mean, it, it doesn't start with saying everybody can contact you, figure out the people who can't contact you. It says, no, focus is just the opposite. It says nobody can contact you, figure out the people that you're going to let through the wall. And like mm-hmm. in podcasting, it's just Rosemary, Stephen, and Mike and my wife, you know, the my three podcast partners and and my wife. And anybody else who texts me while I'm recording, I just don't see it. And it's so great not to be interrupted by a client or some, you know, just some silly text message that comes through while I'm sitting here trying to do the hard work of making a good podcast. And then you can also decide which apps can notify you. And like in this case, it would probably be Zoom and some of the other apps I use to make the show, but nothing else. And so this is great. But as an automator, there's so many layers you can add on to it, like Rose was talking about. I mean, you can. Set on your iPhone and iPad a home screen custom to each focus mode. Yeah. Like yesterday, we um I took a day off. My wife and I went and spent the day at Disney's California Adventure, one of the theme parks here in Anaheim. And I've created a Disneyland focus. And when I get to Disneyland, it did give me a confirmation, by the way. It turned on. And then my home screen for the day had like a battery widget and, you know, t- just the stuff, the weather and the stuff I need and the Disneyland app, the stuff I need on my home screen when I'm at Disneyland and the other home screen went away and yeah, I didn't get bothered by their stuff. And it's, it's just really great. But I mean, as Rosemary was saying, this is so automation, like friendly, like you can set focus modes with a, a shortcut. So you could create a shortcut that you could tap on your watch and say, okay, I'm going into a meeting, set up meeting mode. And then you're your do not disturb gets turned on for most people, except the, the key people that you carve out. The home screen on your phone changes, the home screen on your iPad changes. I mean, all this stuff just happens. I mean, this is the beauty of automation, and it's not that difficult to set it up.
1: Yeah, yeah, it it really is. And I, I love the fact that focus mode. So... Uh, I'm just going to have a quick walkthrough of the default focus mode. So Do Not Disturb still exists. Um, and that button in the control center is kind of split into two now where um, there's a circle on the left-hand side of it where if you tap that, it will just toggle Do Not Disturb on and either off if it's on or if there's a focus mode on, it will toggle the focus mode off. Um, if you tap on the right side of it, then you can choose between focus modes. So there are some default ones which people might be familiar with, which include driving, sleep. Um, and there's also work and personal, uh, which are new and you, you, you go through and you set them up. And if you haven't set it up, then it shows up in the settings with a set up option. Um, and it walks you through the things that David was saying, you know, which people do you want to let through, which apps do you want to let through so on and so forth, setting things up automatically and so on. Um, and then you can add another five focus modes. So you can go fairly nuts with this. Um I mean I say fairly nuts because at the end of the day you've got work personal um and then five others that you can customize and work obviously you can you can change to mean whatever you want work and personal can't be renamed the other five you can give any icon any name to that you like you can tra- you can turn on dimming your lock screen and things like that um there's these time sensitive notifications you can allow them to come through and so on um and this you know this is really great as far as i'm concerned i i know i i wear lots of different hats um but i'm pretty certain i can boil it down to you know the day job which is work personal which is going to be i'm hanging out with people be that friends or family and then five other things one of which is already assigned to podcasting no surprise there
0: rose where do you get this limitation for five where do you see that uh,
1: because i can't add any more when i've added five
0: okay oh well, i've got 12 so I'm not sure. Wow.
1: Okay, this is crazy because <laughs> I've been trying for days. Like my plus button is just gone. It doesn't help that every time I I put my uh, my Apple Watch near my iPad or my iPhone, I get a notification at the top saying, "Would you like to use this device as a keyboard for your Apple Watch?" No. Um, <laughs> it's just popped up again. But I I definitely can't add more than five. Okay. Well, I'm gonna. I'm going to have to look into that, David. Maybe maybe I've got a bug or maybe you've got a bug and some of yours are going to disappear or I'm going to get the ability to uh, to create yeah, these.
0: But I've been adding them from multiple devices as well. I've added them on iPad, iPhone, and Mac, so I don't know. Maybe. Okay, well,
1: my plus button has disappeared on all of my devices. That's okay. the thing. Weird. Because because uh, in, in settings focus, there should be a plus in the top right, and I definitely don't have one.
0: Yeah. And I don't know that I added them from that. I'll have, to, I'll have to go back. I mean, we're in beta one, so we're all learning at the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, at the moment, I think it is limited to five, which seems like a reasonable limitation. But if they can remove that entirely for everybody, that would be great.
0: Why would there need to be any limitation, honestly?
1: I mean, honestly, Apple do randomly decide limitations on, on our behalf, which people are not always that happy with. So. Yeah.
0: I was, I was thinking I would add one actually for each podcast like recording automated That's what I
1: wanted to do, but then I found out it was 5 and I thought no I'm I'm going to need more uh for this. So we'll see.
0: Well, we will look into that and report back. Uh, hopefully that yes. hopefully my 12 is is not the anomaly. But the um either way, uh it, it's very powerful and The automation in is very simple. There is a focus. It's a new action in in, uh, shortcuts, you know, start a focus. Mm -hmm. And um, the automation out, I feel like, could be better. Um, Like, I would like to trigger shortcuts out of a focus mode. Unless I'm missing something. So you
1: can. So inside of short in the inside of the shortcuts app, this is much like uh, oh, the sleep mode can run trigger. shortcuts. Yeah, 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 it's an automation trigger, and you can turn off Ask I'm running. Um, and actually, one of the first things I did was create um, a shortcut for this because I've set my work to be every Monday to Friday, but I don't necessarily work every Monday to Friday. I could have a bank holiday. I could have a day off. I don't want to be turning my automation off to turn my focus mode on. That feels like it kind of defeats the point. Yeah. But what I do want to do is say, hey, if it's a holiday or I am on holiday, then turn my focus mode back off, please. Um, So turning the focus mode on triggers a shortcut which checks whether or not it's a holiday day or a vacation day. um, And then it turns the focus mode off again if it is one of those. And otherwise, it just does nothing. Um, And so this now happens automatically whenever... uh, my, my work mode comes on, which means when the next uh, bank holiday comes up at the end of August, uh, I will, uh, you know, hopefully see it toggle on and toggle back off. Um, or maybe it just won't turn on at all because it'll realize it turns off that day.
0: Uh, another thing I'd really like them, to see them add, uh, and I'm going to submit a ticket and I just haven't got around to it yet, is a separate shortcut action just to set home screen. Because now that you have the ability to set the home screen, I want to do that automatically without entering a focus mode. Like, what if I just want to get my health apps on my screen, but I don't need to, I don't need to deal with it. No, it doesn't affect notifications and access to me, but I just yeah. want to be able to put my, my home screen with all my health data on it. You know, I'd yes, like to be yeah, able to do that.
1: This is something I was looking at as well, because I was thinking, oh, I could create a focus mode for travel. But the problem is, is when I'm traveling, I'm I'm not necessarily going to know in advance where notifications are going to come from to be useful. Yeah. Um, I want all the notifications from everywhere because... Airlines can email me it could be the flighty app tells me something it could be TripIt tells me something it could be that my friend texts me and goes hey I heard this thing because they have a friend of a friend of a friend who works in air traffic control or whatever um you know it, it it it's one of those things where I the last thing I want to do is be limiting my notifications when yeah. I'm traveling but I absolutely want different home screens no doubt about it
0: And there's a couple ways you could do that one would be Um, and, and the way I described focus earlier is the way it should be. It builds the wall, then you make holes for the people you want to let through, but there could be another setting button that just says, let them all through, you know? Yeah. And, and there'll be occasions where you have a focus mode where that makes sense. Um, or like I said, just let us automate which screen is, you know, the home screen and turn them off and on through via automation and just leave it out of focus mode entirely. Particularly if there's only five of them that you're allowed to add, um, yeah. And I think that would work. I mean, the other way you do it and all you do is you long press on the, the home screen buttons at the bottom of your iOS device, and then you tap it again and you, you can literally manually turn them off and on, but we're automators. That's like, that's for, that's for uh, monkeys. We want, we want to automate this stuff, right? We don't want to be sitting there like a monkey tapping on our phone to turn screens off and on. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it would be much better if we, we have more options. Um, I would also love it, um, and I'm going to file some feedback on this, if I could say, hey, let anybody in this group or this group through, because I have a group of, uh, it's called favorite contacts, um, yeah. and this is not related to the favorites feature in iOS. It's a group that I created myself. But it's basically a very small group of people who I would always like to be able to contact me. Yeah, I would love to just select that group. Similarly, for work... It would be great if I could select the work address book as people who are able to get in touch with me. Yeah. Because guess what? When I'm working, everybody I work with needs to be able to get in touch with me. And I it would be great if I could just say everybody in this context, uh, you know, group, uh, which gets updated automatically because it's exchange. Um yeah. so um, you know, they they might have to build in some extra work for that, but I'm definitely gonna file that as feedback because I feel like especially work-wise, <laughs> you're not gonna want to go through and get Yes, my boss is allowed to contact me. But this colleague who never shares their biscuits is not allowed to contact me. Uh, yeah. Biscuits are cookies for the Americans. Um, uh, so uh, especially if it's cookies, they need to share cookies. Um, anyway, um, you know, it would be good if everything could just do that.
0: I just wrote about that last week in Max Barkey. Same thing. Contact groups like I want to make a focus group where clients can get a hold of me. Going through yeah. with current system. I would have to go through and select each client individually and add them. And you
1: can't even search for clients either. So I yeah. was trying that just now. I, I tried searching for Sparks as in David Sparks. Yeah. No, I had, to, I had to use the 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 um, alphabet uh, yeah, scroll on the right-hand side. A little tip for people who don't know, by the way, if you drag on that, then you you drag down between the letters. Um, And so that allowed me to get to S very quickly. And then I realized I needed to go to T and then scroll back upwards from there because Sparks is closer to t than it is you know um the letter for, for in the off bed r uh, there we go um so uh yeah i i had to do that uh which you know it works but it it would be better if i could just select a group
0: yeah and like if you had a client group when you add a new person to that group they're automatically added you don't have to go and manually re-add them and then when you have multiple focuses like my nuclear family gets through in almost all of my focuses if my kids or my wife text me i need to know You know how many times I've gone through the process now of selecting them and new focuses? I'm guessing
1: as you've created 12 and there are four (laughs) default ones, that's going to be 16 times that you've done that.
0: Yeah, so it's nuts. Um, But yeah, I mean, we're power users, so of course we have a list of things we want added. But I think overall, this focus mode is really great. And it is. I think for automators, it is something that can really help you work on that contextual compute. Uh, like rose i love that it's distributed across all devices it's sad to mm-hmm. me because my podcast machine the one i record podcast is the one that it doesn't get it because that'll be Same. the last one to get the update and yep. um and it'll be months so um yes. it's just uh that's a bummer but but i mean you can see where this is going and and i love it
1: Yes. I really love it too. Um, and uh, I saw um, somebody posting, I can't, can't remember who it was, and I've, I've not got the link to the post. If I can find it again, um, then I'll link it. It was uh, the shortcut subreddit. Somebody has realized that through the combination of focus mode and push cut, you can use Zapier to trigger uh, push cut on, on, your, on an iPhone server, for example. And then that can turn on a focus mode, which then spreads to all of your devices and can run a shortcut on each of your individual devices through those automations yeah. without you having to confirm it in advance, which means that all of your devices now can do stuff. Like it's kind of mind boggling to think, you know, that they can do all of these things. Uh, but I'm, I'm extremely happy with it.
0: Yeah. And I, I would really like to see them add um, focus mode buttons to the Apple watch, um, yes. which I, have not figured out how to do yet. I mean I can do it via automation with a shortcut, but um it would be cool if like, you know, we had a very easy way to trigger focuses even just with the Apple Watch, because that's all you need.
1: Yeah. So um if I tap that's the wrong button. Uh this is kinda of tricky. If I tap if I tap so if you swipe up from a watch face David and you find the do not disturb moon, if you tap on that it does show me the different focus modes that I've got
0: oh it's already there so you, you yeah. got your watch running the new beta then
1: yes yes of i do You do. um i also have 15 percent battery life so ask me again how that's going <laughs> uh, i do not recommend people run the watch os beta i oh. made a stupid mistake i was playing with swift ui and i wrote a watch os application
0: oh you know what rose i'm installing the beta tonight that that uh, for that don't reason don't
1: do it david i'm doing it because I'm your do battery it. life will suck
0: so my battery life already sucks. My watch is, like, three years old, so it'll just be worse. Okay.
1: So um, I mean, it, you're, you're going to get, like, five minutes out of it if you're lucky. Um, <laughs> Also, it keeps waking up all of my other devices because anytime I put my Apple Watch near an iPad or an iPhone, they light up and say, Apple Watch keyboard input. Enter text on your Apple Watch using... Or I need to move it back again because I moved it further away because this is annoying me and now the notification doesn't show basically you can use your iPhone and iPad to type into your Apple watch which I'm not 100% certain I understand the utility of uh for uh, an average user perhaps uh, for accessibility purposes it makes sense um uh but then why wouldn't you just pick up your iPhone to do the action instead either way um this is slightly uh frustrating uh Yes, press to type. And then if I tap on notification, it's kind of like the Apple TV remote where you can then type onto the Apple TV from your iPhone or your iPad, except it's slow and it comes up with connecting to start with.
0: Well, I uh, I love focus mode. I, I think it's great. And it, even as it's shipping, I'm very happy with it. I would like to, we, we've already kind of raised some things we'd like to see them fixed with it. But um, this is exactly what I want. I want to be able to have my computers set themselves up for me automatically for me to do the hard work. And like when I hit, you know, legal work focus, I get a set of apps and services and, and accounts on my screen that matter to that. And I love it. I'm just very happy with this. And, and this is something that everybody can use. I hope a lot of people kind of find religion with this stuff, because I think it can really make a difference on staying on target and getting your hard work done so you can go and enjoy the rest of your life.
1: This episode of Automators is brought to you by Tech Talk, a podcast from the folks at Hewlett Packard Enterprise. I love finding new shows to listen to, especially when they're short but incredibly interesting. And Tech Talk is a show that talks you through HPE news, tech insights, and world class innovations. I recently listened to the episode on Walt Disney Studios and their experiments with AI and machine learning. Of course, I used to work for Disney, as did David, so anything with Disney in the title definitely captures my attention. But in particular, I found it interesting how they're using technology, and specifically AI and so on, in the realms of visual effects. Because who wouldn't find that interesting? I think all of you would. And if you want to listen too, you can expect some other topics, like how to tackle issues when it comes to high-performance computing the future of technology, data management, and disruptive software ecosystems and AI, and even supercomputing aboard the International Space Station. And the show takes you straight to the source, interviewing some seriously impressive tech leaders. Previous guests have included Dr. Michael Roberts from the ISS US National Lab, Sanjeev Katwa, CTO of Tottenham Hotspur Football Club, and Monica Livingston from Intel. Check out Tech Talk wherever you get your podcasts. Search for tech talk now, or click the link in the show notes. Our thanks to HPE Tech Talk for their support of this show and Relay FM. So, David, before before the outbreak, we were talking about things that are hard work and things that are getting easier. And I'm 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 so pleased sharing falls into that category. Was hard work is now getting easier, uh, and sharing has got some pretty cool changes uh coming to it which i'm i'm quite excited about i have not di- d- dove yeah i've not i've not waded into this that much uh recently grammar questions aside um but um i i have had a bit of a look and i'm quite pleased that at the very least people are no longer going to have to turn on sharing for iCloud links which was aggravating before because it wouldn't do it unless you'd already run a shortcut and explaining that to people was surprisingly hard at times.
0: Yeah. There was a saying back in the U.S. We had this weird period where we outlawed alcohol prohibition. And um, and the saying was, you know, during prohibition, everybody was a criminal. Because, you know, people would still drink. And the, um, I felt like up until I was 15... Uh, anybody who distributed a shortcut was still a criminal because the way the the phone would act when they, you know, cause I distribute a lot of shortcuts between the blog and the shortcuts field guide. And if people didn't turn off a special setting, all the alarm bells went off like, Oh my gosh, you're in, you're importing a shortcut from Sparky and it's going to ruin everything, you know? Um, and so that that was always a little bit of a you know frustration for me but it seems like they've they've really taken a lot of steps this year to make distribution easier there's really three ways to do it now I, um you want to walk yeah. through those
1: yeah so the first is iCloud link um and this is now enabled by default um where previously this was not enabled by default so you know by default people can now share and receive shortcuts by an iCloud link and this is now signed using your Apple ID as well. Um, so I'm not 100% certain how this is going to work because you need to be signed into iCloud to do this. And people, Apple don't tend to revoke people's iCloud IDs for things. Developers occasionally don't like, get banned from the developer store uh, or from the app store for things. I mean, and it's rare. Um, but people's, people don't usually get their iCloud accounts revoked. By the way, that's no a thing. Um, and shortcuts files are officially a thing now, David, they, they were there in workflow and they were there in shortcuts and then they disappeared in shortcuts and people were very unhappy because that's how they were using, uh, that's how they were backing shortcuts up and now they're back again. Um, and they are officially notarized by iCloud as well. So that means they're signed and there's a little certificate with them, um, and there's also a private sharing mode, which is for sharing with contacts or saving personal backups. And these are, I, I believe, shortcuts files as well, and they are signed as well. Um, so basically, you know, it's it's just going to be official that Apple have acknowledged that, oh, yeah, people make and share shortcuts. That's why this thing is insanely popular uh let's let's make that maybe a bit easier for people we we didn't think this was going to be a big thing and we apparently have a lot of people in support spending a lot of time supporting this uh so let's fix that um at least i hope that that's what went through somebody's head there
0: yeah and rose and i are going to test it and we'll report back cuz we're both on the beta but i think the idea of signing shortcuts is an excellent one so long as it doesn't make it you know real hard for people to share and um, you know, putting personal responsibility on the shortcut so you can send it out in the world. Yeah. I, I just I think that's a win. And and shortcut files is the same thing. And I understand why they pulled it, because it was really a security hole. And what if you got a shortcut f- from some bad actor and it did things? And now that they're adding features to it like delete without, you know, confirm you could do serious damage to somebody's machine with a shortcut. So you want... Well, you want, that's
1: only if that person has chosen to turn that on themselves, because that is a setting for shortcuts rather than okay, for, good. um, you know, for, um, say, uh, a, a shortcut specifically. Well, that's either way, uh,
0: people can, you know, by you, logging you into servers and doing all the things that, you know, the more power that gets added to shortcuts, the more danger it is for running shortcuts from third parties. So they added an accountability system to it. And I'm glad they did. And that that third method really strikes me as kind of like a corporate deployment method, you know, where you've got a company where they're going to yeah. build some shortcuts that allow you to log into the server and do whatever and, and just make it really simple to deploy to your employees. But, but I, I think it it seems well thought out. I haven't, I don't have any experience with it yet, but I will. And, and we'll report back. But, I mean, I, I like that they're putting effort into this and and solving, you know, this problem of responsible distribution of shortcuts, which is what we all want.
1: Yeah. Um, and the one thing that I wanted as well was for it to become a bit easier to stop sharing a shortcut. So I've had this before. Uh, there was um, something, there was a, a typo, I think it was, in one of the first uh, editions of the shortcut, a shortcut that I created for Take Control of Shortcuts. So I created a new one. Um, and it had a, a different url um because i didn't just update the previous one long long story behind that yeah. um but i th- because i didn't have it i couldn't get rid of the old link so people that have the old book are still emailing me saying hey you know there's a typo in the shortcut and it's like yeah. I, I spelled the as t-e-h or something like that and it yeah. it was out there for a few hours but To this day, I still get emails about it, even though the book's been out for ages uh, because people haven't downloaded an updated version. There is now uh, the option. uh, So I just shared a shortcut with you via messages uh, to test this. And then I tapped on the link that I shared with you myself. Um, to open it in Shortcuts again. And people are going, Rose, why are you doing this? If you open that link that you shared in Shortcuts again, then you get the add shortcut screen with add and don't add. But if you look in the top right, there are the three buttons right there, which say copy, there are the three dots, sorry. And if you tap it, there's copy iCloud link and stop sharing, which kills the URL. Yeah. So then it doesn't work anymore. Yeah, it Um, says
0: this is not verified and won't let me open it.
1: Oh well, it should be verified because um, there. I mean, there we go. this is what happens when you run a very early beta, people. This is why it's for developers, not for consumers.
0: And now it's here. So go figure. There, <laughs> it works now.
1: There we go. There we go. It just needed. It needed time to think about things, David. You know, yeah. what is life? What is the meaning of life? <laughs> yeah.
0: Computers uh, are where much did deeper I than my we Yeah, we don't give them yeah. credit for it. I mean- yeah.
1: And if it's a bowl of petunias, oh, no. Um, But either way, I can now stop sharing this. So if I have an oh, no moment myself, I can stop sharing a shortcut very easily. This was there before. Um, I just wanted to make sure that, you know, it still exists um, and it it works um, because I know that's something that people have asked me frequently before. How can they stop sharing a shortcut? Um, And uh, yeah, that's how you do it, people.
0: Yeah. Now, these are all good things. And... The shortcuts team, I don't know how big it is now, but it must be bigger because they've done so much work. They built a Mac app. They added a yeah. bunch of new actions. I mean, they've really come a long way with this. I mean, and- you
1: say that, David, but um, I believe it was Ayaka who mentioned it in the shortcuts for Mac uh, WWDC video, which everybody can get in the developer app, uh, by the way, for free. You can you can watch this video. Um, she said that it's built, so the, the, the Mac OS application is built in Swift UI uh, for cross-platform functionality, yeah. Um. So it, it, hopefully, it's all the same code under the hood, which will make bug fixing much easier for them. Yeah. Um, Which
0: is great. Um, That's the whole point so. of Switch UI, really.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um. And uh. Yeah. It's it's pretty great. I am loving the fact that I can run shortcuts on my Mac. None of my shortcuts work on my Mac because they all use a- uh actions from third-party developers. Um. And so all the ones I use day to day are just non you know they're non-functional but uh i mean one thing that we've not talked about david which i feel probably we ought to is um the some of the ui changes which are both pr- are present on both mac os and ios um because there there's a lot that's changed here and um i think it's for the better overall
0: yeah agreed i mean and it's not the massive ui overhaul that we got uh what was it um ios 13
1: yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is more subtle, but there's definitely some changes here. Like, for example, naming a shortcut. This one caught me by surprise uh, because I went to to do the thing where you name the shortcut. And then I realized at the top of the shortcut where it says shortcut name, it would say, you know, untitled shortcut before. Yeah. You can just tap on that and you can change the name right there. You can tap the icon right there and change the color and the icon. Um, and I believe we've got a few more icons now. Um, uh, there's certainly, um, the categories on the Mac are, uh, quite nice. I like the way that you can, you can click to toggle between things, which is, which is lovely.
0: And, you know, they, they got the SF symbols and you know all this going on.
1: They don't have all of SF symbols here. This is just a small subset.
0: Totally unrelated. But have you played with the new download SF symbols three?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Very I nice. Have. Very nice. Ah, man. I, I mean, I was kind of disappointed with myself that I spent Thursday night last week, Uh, On my new uh, M1 Mac, geeking out over SF symbols, because can you think of a geekier way to spend a Thursday night, David? Because I genuinely can't. No, me either. On the other hand... I love it. I I was geeking out on shortcuts and SF symbols, and uh, (laughs) I had a great Thursday night. uh, For anybody who's concerned about me, I I genuinely had a lot of fun.
0: So so for listeners who are not following, uh, Apple made its own phone called San Francisco several years ago. And then... Two or three years ago, they started making their own glyph set called SF Symbols, San Francisco Symbols. And they made it for app developers. So when you're building an app on the iPhone, you've got a really nice symbol set you can pull from. It's got things like take a picture, load an image, you know, just typical, like an envelope for an email application. And a lot of the glyphs and kind of uh, icons you would associate with an app, but every year they expand it. And you can download it. It's like an app really that you can pull them out of. And this year, not only did they add even more symbols, they added the ability to put colors on them. So like all of a sudden, like all my OmniFocus perspectives are getting new SF symbol based, you know, icons and um, my stream deck is getting button updates and like all this stuff. If you look at some of the field guides I've made, even I've used symbols and some of the animations I use in there, because they're just so well-made and, um, and do you need to be in the a, a paid developer to get access to that rose? I don't know.
1: Uh, I I'm not a hundred percent sure off the top of my head. I was just looking um, because it is on the developer site. Um, oh. There's an SF Symbols app on iPhone um, which you can which you can just download, um, and I believe that's a third party one, or maybe it is a macOS one now. Um, but it looks to me like the standard SF Symbols uh, app and the SF3 beta is actually available for everybody. It is on developer.apple.com, um, but I'm not logged in um, and there is no login button on this page. It's just, there's a download button right here.
0: Well, well, we'll put a link in the show notes and if you can get into it, you know, great. And, uh, but if you have a, a need to, uh, you know, to use some icons, this is a great set. Like I find them very useful even for presentations because I like to have very simple slides and sometimes you're just looking for a nice icon of an envelope and you don't have to use something gross off off uh, Google images if you do that this yeah. way.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a very easy way to just get some some great icons for things. So, uh do make sure that people check the usage uh for, for things that they're using. Like you can't use it as app icons and, and stuff like that. Um you can use it in things um there's there's interface yeah, guidelines all linked to the, on the rules. page I'm
0: not telling you to break the rules but I'm telling you that it's out there
1: Exactly everybody can download this app and use it and it works on on your uh, on your macOS and iOS devices so Uh
0: wow what a year I mean uh <laughs> I didn't expect this much automation this year but we got it and the you know the the Mac thing started to feel like it was going to happen towards the end as we approached WWDC But um, that could have gone a lot of ways. It could have been really ugly if they didn't do it, you know, with care. And fortunately, they did do it with care. And it's not only did we keep our traditional tools, I think there's a lot of people who are going to be automating on their Mac that weren't before.
1: Yeah, that's just it. I think, you know, a lot of people have said before, I can't work on the iPad. Um, it doesn't have the apps I need. It doesn't have the apps that I'm used to. It it, it You know, changing workflows is an expensive thing. I mean, expensive time wise and potentially money wise. You know, if you buy an iPad and it doesn't work out for you because it turns out, you know, you're very used to doing things in, say, Logic and Ferrite won't cut it you know, that that's acceptable, but at the same time, that could have cost you a lot of money. So they've never really looked at shortcuts before. Um, and now shortcuts is definitely a thing, um, that everybody should have a look at whether or not they feel like they need automation in their life and i feel like it's going to be a good gateway drug for things we haven't talked about today some of the the other things that you can do like you can run shortcuts from the command line and from apple scripts (laughs) um so as well as running command line scripts and and apple scripts inside of shortcuts those things can run shortcuts which is kind of yeah. mind-boggling and and great but also app developers can build in options to run shortcuts as part of their uh as part of their app um and they can ship shortcuts with their app with with the links that's why links are signed and so on now and i i personally feel that this is a huge step forward on the surface of it it just appears to be yeah shortcuts is on the mac but you know the fact that there's now a command line option, so there is a command line option for me to list all of my existing shortcuts. You know, so now I can you know pipe that into something else and open it in BB Edit um, if I want to. I could get a list of all of my shortcuts in the shortcuts app. I could do that, but now I can now I can do it in on the command line as well. So I think for some people this will make them sit up and pay attention and see that shortcuts is. You know, it might be in some ways, you know, the low level, easy, uh, application that can't necessarily do everything, but wow, is it getting there and it can already do so much if you just use the right apps. I can't wait until September, October, when apps start shipping all of their shortcuts, uh, enabled Mac versions, uh, because I have a feeling this is going to be amazing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Me too. And like third party shortcuts apps for the iPhone and iPad are already starting to say they're going to show up on the Mac and app developers are going to show up. Um, I I just think automation is going to get way easier. I remember back in May 2018, Rose and I were first starting the show and we were recording test episodes and doing things.
1: <laughs> and we had to throw it all
0: away. <laughs> yeah. Cause that June Apple announced shortcuts for iOS and we literally threw out like three episodes and just started over again. And yep. the um, I feel like this is like another one of those moments, like shortcuts arriving on the Mac is a much bigger deal than, than we can really convey in a single episode. And it's going to be an ongoing topic on this show. And it's just gonna be a way for a lot of people that had trouble automating before. You know, a lot of people never could figure out Apple Script. Well, guess what? You don't need to. I mean, you're gonna nope. be able to do a lot of automation without ever touching it. So Exactly. Uh, this is really great stuff. Um, we're gonna continue to cover it. We're early in the beta. So Rose and I I know my experience is like it's early in the beta, so things aren't working right. Not all the pipes yeah. are connected. So as it gets better over the beta period, we'll be able to report back on more of the issues that like we have question marks on right now. Yeah, Um, Rose is going to update her shortcuts um, uh, take control book, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, preliminary talks with Joe at take control um, have said that uh, I'm doing take control of shortcuts 2.0 because quite a bit has changed since I first wrote the book. Um, And I have so many more ideas now for shortcuts that I can include um, and there's just a whole bunch of different things that I can, I can put in there. So I'm, I, you know, I'm still working on the outline that may change, but at the moment it's looking like it's going to be a brand new book, which is exciting.
0: And so what I'm going to do is I've been updating the shortcuts field guide, um, uh, like I did one for iOS 14 and I'll be doing, and I'm looking at it. There are new actions available on iPhone and iPad. Um, there are some differences to the user interface, but the, it's not so different that I need to rerecord the whole course. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a free update to the shortcuts field guide for iPhone and iPad with the changes that we get with iOS 15. If you've already bought it, then you'll be able to get that update for free. If you haven't bought it, you should check it out and that'll be released right around the time that the around September, you know, whenever they release it. And then I'm going to make an all new course for shortcuts for the Mac, because that is like kind of a boil the ocean project for me. So I'm going to make that a separate course. So you can get the Mac one or you can get the iPhone and iPad one and the the Mac one will be a separate purchase, but that's going to come out too this year.
1: Yeah, this is uh, this is pretty great. And uh, there's so much that we can have fun with. Uh, I genuinely can't wait to see, and I also did just want to say something. Uh, hopefully, David, your your inbox won't get too inundated with this. Uh, what I would like to say is, if you are an app developer and you have shortcut support in your app, and you're bringing that to the Mac, um, and you want to get me and David on a test flight, which is now on the Mac, yeah, please send us an email. Yes, because I I would love to see this. Uh, there, there's a, an email button. There's uh, the the uh, relay.fm slash automators. There's an email button which goes to me and David. It's an all-in-one. Yes. So, please. you know, you can get in touch with both of us. And I actually also iOS apps that are doing sh- new shortcuts things. Please let me know. I'm I'm all in on the test flight. My life is a beta. So, uh, you know.
0: I'm going to be installing on my watch now. And it's all because of Rose.
1: Yeah, feel free to share it in the forums as well. You know, you're welcome to. Um, but you you can get in touch with us directly as well. I'm sure a lot of people in our forums will be on the public beta as soon as it's available. A little reminder: if you are not a developer, please do not install the developer beta. It is um, dodgy. Is not is 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 an understatement. I have had to reboot my iPad like six times to get network issues fixed um, and stuff like that. You know, apps where theoretically nothing has changed in that stack don't work anymore. Um, some people have had issues with apps crashing on launch and they've had to completely and utterly nuke their iPad. Hi, David. I know I know you're one of those people. <laughs> yes, I am. Um, so, um, you know, there, there's all sorts of issues. So wait for the public beta and hopefully it'll be more stable then. But uh, I know that a lot of our listeners are app developers or they've got something. Even if you think, ah, it's, it's tiny, nobody's going to care, share it. People want to know. And this is the only way that people are going to, well, it's not the only way I hope that people are going to find out, but this is one of the great ways that you can share things.
0: And we're kicking the tires and we just kind of want to see how all this stuff works together. And if you're putting hard work on it, we'd love to hear from you and even maybe tell us a little bit about your story about you know what you're looking for with your automation how hard was it this is all stuff that that users want to know ultimately and and we're gonna have some guests on the show I mean this is the thing man and um and i I have very good feelings about it I think that automation on the Mac is gonna really jump with this release. I think a lot of people like I said earlier are going to get into it that wouldn't have otherwise.
1: Yes, yeah, absolutely. And especially one thing we did mention, which I should mention just before we end the show, for anybody who has previously had to release a new version of an app, and they've gone from, say, 1.0 to 2.0. And they've had to do shortcut sections. And they're the same shortcut sections. But for users, they have to go in and replace all of their shortcut sections. There is an upgrade path now provided by Apple. So if you're listening and you're going, huh, I know of an app that's currently uh, having issues with that, then maybe uh, you know, give the developers a little while and ping them and drop them an email and just say, hey, if you didn't know this, by the way, uh, this is now a thing. Um, because that would be great if all of the apps can just upgrade things so that stuff doesn't break. I know previously Greg Pierce, Mr. Agile Tortoise, had to um this was when drafts actions were just built into into shortcuts. He had to ping the guys uh on the shortcuts team and say, uh, um there's there's a new version of drafts. Can can you change all the URL schemes that you're using, please? And then of course they we we got the actions and that's all been sorted out since then, uh which is great. Um I'm very pleased about that. But yeah. Um, it, it, it's one of those things where there's a lot of potential pain points which are being dealt with here and uh, i can't wait to see what this summer of betas brings us before we finish today i want to tell you about another show here on relay fm if you like automators there's a good chance you're going to like clockwise you're busy you don't have lots of time to catch up on everything that happens in tech every week i know you're busy automating clockwise is a weekly round table which covers four tech topics in 30 minutes Join host Dan Warren and Micah Sargent every Wednesday as they welcome two special guests from a diverse pool of tech pundits, writers, podcasters, developers, and more to Tech Talk. Both David and I have been on the show. Whether it's what's going on in the news this week or timeless tech questions, it's never the same show twice. In the meantime, you can join us for Talks in Our Forums at talk.automated.fm and we'll see you in two weeks. Goodbye.